cannabis space right now is is very interesting. It's a it's a patchwork. So it's there's a lot of different angles and opportunities. So hey guys, welcome to Wine Whiskey and Weed Show. I'm here with Nick Jakowitz. You know, he's the chief scientific officer at Serona Labs and also the co-founder of that company. I'll let uh, Nick introduce uh, more to you guys, but it's a pleasure to have you, Nick. And you're also our speaker at Cannabis Drinks Expo. So lots to you know dissect here. What I really wanted to talk about, Nick, is really about the product development cycle. And, you know, really also see, uh, I think you wear a lot of, uh, you know, a hat you used to do it in the wine, beer and spirits industry. So a lot of wineries, breweries and distillers who are listening to this podcast and video as well are trying to get into, you know, this space and trying to understand legally what they can test, what they cannot test or how they can get started. So one side, we can talk about that a little bit. And then second is just the product development, you know, overall. So uh, thanks again. Now, why don't you just give a little introduction about yourself and what you're up to these days? Absolutely. Thanks again, Sid, for having me. Appreciate it. So, yeah, my, my name is again Nick Jackwitz. I'm the CSO of Serona Labs. Uh, we're located upstate New York, and we are an ingredient uh, processor, ingredient maker for uh, cannabinoids in particular. So, we make cannabinoid ingredients uh, that are water soluble. So, they're useful in, in applications like beverage um, and also edibles and things like that. Uh, my background education is in food science. So, I did my PhD at Cornell. Uh, focusing on wine so that's why we we're talking to oh, a lot right. of the alcoholic beverage side and and now i'm on the, the cannabis side but yeah i know a lot about uh wine and spirits as well mm-hmm. um and then um yeah i've, I've worked for constellations for, so for some big uh you know alcoholic beverage companies and canopy growth and now with with serona doing these ingredients so our whole kind of mantra our whole goal at, at serona now is to make these ingredients that are efficacious and work and are backed by science so mm-hmm. that they people can actually enjoy cannabis and other other facets other than say in, in smoking or inhaling them right got it and, and yeah. i think you were almost six to seven years right as a product development uh, in constellation correct yeah we did a lot of product development work beverage work at constellation there across yeah beer wine and spirits and that involves like uh product uh, sku enhancements uh you know based on what is there already and and completely coming out with new innovative products as well Exactly, like line extension. So if you have a brand that's already doing well and they want to launch a new flavor or something else, you extend it or something totally new, something innovative. Yeah, fantastic. So I think uh, you know, let's uh, you know break the product development cycle, right? What what does that cycle look to you? If you can just uh, give us a little roadmap on you know research and then maybe testing and so on, right? Like what what is from literally a concept to the shell. Yeah. Yeah, usually like, you know, for some of the bigger companies too, you have like marketing or, or you know, sales out there that see sort of gaps in, in the industry or see, a, you know, an opportunity in the space. And then they come and they start to look at, you know, the size of the prize and how that could look. And then they start talking to us on more of the technical side of, okay, how do we make this a reality? And how does it look? How does it taste? You know, what's what's the whole angle there? And it's our job to then on kind of the product development side is to make it a reality, to make it something that people like and, and taste good. Obviously, branding and marketing are a big part, especially in alcoholic beverage of what what sells. But obviously, it's got to taste good. It has to you know be something people like to and want to go back for more. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where it starts. And then for for there, you know, we start prototyping and doing tastings. Right? I mean, it, it found a lot of you know, uh, through experience, like, you know, not just my palate of what I like, you have to bring it to the demographic that actually is going to buy this and mm-hmm. have them try it and do a lot of that back and forth tasting until you come up with a recipe that that works. At the end of the so just to understand the, the team dynamics, I mean, I want to go back to the constellation, uh, sure. let's say for, for a minute, right? So there are there is this whole, uh, you know, uh, team which is out there in the market trying to feed you data that, hey, here's an opportunity, or maybe 
you know, absolute came up with this, let's do this, you know, or whatever it is, right? There, there are inbound uh, requests uh, coming as a wish list. And then you are there like a technical, which is black and white saying, no, you cannot do this. Yes, you can do this in our facility, for example. Uh, so, so I think you already get a, uh, a brief, right? Like, okay, can you make this kind of thing? Can you make this and that? But do you or also suggest them that I think, you know, we can do this and go out and find some data. What I'm trying to get to is what kind of data do you need from your side, your your team, you know, asking uh, your corporate that, okay, I need this much before I can evaluate anything. Yeah, yeah, we need to know generally what what they're trying to to accomplish and kind of what that, you know, beverage in this case might be. And then from our side, we give feedback on, say, things like trending ingredients, clean label ingredients, flavors, for example, are a big one too. A lot of times you might have a concept around a beverage, but like they'll say, hey, Nick, like what's the trending flavor of the moment that, you know, okay. has the most appeal, you know? So things like that, you know, we, we go and, and work our resources at flavor houses or ingredient companies and see what's trending and and then incorporate that into to a blend that obviously fits the the cost of goods for that that, that target for that that uh, ingredient or sorry, that, that mm -hmm. beverage and uh, and making sure that our plants can make it. At the end of the day as well and uh do you normally you know if there was a kpi like the key performance indicators for your role right let's say now you're a co-founder so you're sort of not reporting to anyone but you know obviously you're still reporting to yourself so what kind of metrics you know you work with to what i understand is one is budget one is timeline right but apart from that you know what kind of five or six uh, points you are measured on yeah, for, for what we make now at Serona, these these kind of, you know, uh, functional ingredients, I guess I'll say, is making sure that that they work, you know, number one. I think that's one of the main things we, we bring to the industry is these making sure cannabinoids actually work and get into the body quickly and people can enjoy them. And either from like a, a relief point of view, from like maybe a pain side, uh, anxiety to maybe more on the recreational side as well. So we, we do studies and we, we verify that our ingredients get into the blood very quickly. You're not waiting and having that classic, you know, experience where one consumes cannabis and it takes like an hour and a half for it to kick in. We have, you know, studies to show it, it you know, we can push that much, much quicker. So it has to work. And then it has to also be compatible and be stable. Like obviously uh, cannabis and, and, you know, THC, CBD are oils. And oil and water don't mix when we're making beverages. So we have to come up with something, an ingredient that we can then put into a beverage. And so we have many ways of doing that. And we want to make sure that when that consumer opens that, that can or that bottle of that beverage with, with cannabinoids in it, that it's all there. That, you know, the 10 milligrams that was labeled is actually in there and that person mm -hmm. can consume it and get those benefits. And so... Those are some like really key things for us that we always think about. And that's, you know, in the space right now, uh, a lot of times the, the label claims are way off from what's actually in there because there's a lot but of that's, problems. You, you have to legally be abiding to the what you're putting on the label, right? Like it, if in it says some, 10 mg, you got to put 10 mg, isn't it? Uh, well, in some uh, regulated jurisdictions, that is okay. true. Like, so for example, in Canada, where I worked before, Health Canada is very strict on that and they, they test it, but that's a federally legal environment. In got the it. US, this patchwork of states and regs, a lot of times that's not the case. So you need proper, you know, uh, folks and, and, and suppliers like ourselves to help you with that. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Uh, so what, what's the, you know, next cycle? Like you've done the research, you've done, you know, uh, sort of an idea is there. And then uh, where do you look for? Like you first want to make sure your suppliers are there and then waste time on making or you sort of make and then look out for suppliers. You know, just give me the next steps of after the idea. Okay, you decided you want to make something like this. 
Yeah. So, you know, again, we, we always try and think about like making the most stable, you know, ingredient that we can, and that will work for lots of folks. And so, yeah, we, we have lots of suppliers that we, we, we deal with there. Mm -hmm. Um, Supply chain right now, as as you might be aware, is very messy with, you know, the world and COVID and all that fun stuff. So having a diversity of, of suppliers is, is good. And then working with our clients to find things that work for them and being, we're, we're very custom with everything we make, kind of like a flavor house. So mm-hmm. we, we work that way too. Um, and, and make, making something specific for, for that, uh, that end application. Yeah. Got it. And the regulations, Nick, uh, what kind of, you know, yeah. uh, I'm sure it must be a lot, right? Like, you know, you will have to do a lot of testing before you get an approval and so on. Uh, but just like, you know, walk us over different kinds of regulation, you know, in, in this entire product development cycle. Yeah, for sure. And it, so it definitely depends on what jurisdiction you fall into or where you are. You mean the states? Yeah. 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 Where you are. I mean, so for us in New York, you know, we're at, we're a hemp processor uh, by New York standards and have that license. So then under New York's law, we, we follow those guidelines. Um, one, you know, in particular point is, is being, you know, is having good manufacturing processes. And mm-hmm. that's a whole bunch of steps in, in terms of quality that you must follow to make sure that your ingredient is made well and that it's food safe, it. all those fun so things. So it's like depending on what kind of license you have and you can do that sort of things, right? As far as the testing exactly. and applications and... Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So all of our ingredients, once they're made, right, like, like you mentioned testing, like they all get tested for potency, obviously, but things like heavy metals and pesticides, residual mm. solvent, all that stuff gets gets uh, addressed to make sure that the ingredient is safe at the end of the day. And that's for New York state rights. Yeah. But some, every state- some, some really basic questions, you know, just, just some myth busters out there. You know, is it, I uh, just want to clear in, in a very rapid round, which is, let's say, People say alcohol and cannabis, you know, you cannot mix, not actually scientifically, but in consumption, right? Like I had a couple of, let's say, glasses of beer and wine. Do you think it's okay to have a a joint after that or it's really not advisable? Yeah, I think, I mean, like you you mentioned from a regulatory point of view, yeah, they are not allowed. But I think what's been documented around, you know, ethanol or alcohol and, and cannabis is they seem to be synergistic. So when one has, you know, maybe a couple beers and then if you were to take it, in cannabis, the effects of all that are heightened quite a bit. It's like a one plus one oh. equals three situation. So is usually, it? yes, that's what, that's what seems to happen. Uh, so it can be a little bit, maybe, you know, not dangerous, but a little bit, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen. So I think, yeah. you know, mixing the two, uh, it's just certainly at moderate to high levels is probably not advisable, but it's certainly done. Um, but it's just, yeah, I think that's why People like to keep those those streams separate, generally. Fair enough. Let's go and help the uh, wineries and distilleries, right, and breweries. They're all trying to keep an eye. And as you know, I'm sure a lot of big companies are watching the cannabis beverage space very closely because I, I personally think that that is one space where we can go mainstream once Fed is legalized and once we can see these beverages in Targets and Kroger's. It can really, really be a big category. Uh, you know, so everyone is really watching this very closely, especially the big companies. Uh, but where can they start? Can they do anything? The wineries or breweries or distillers, can they just play around with this category? Yeah, we're seeing that a lot right now. I mean, my background as a food scientist, I have a lot of friends that work for larger, you know, consumer packaged goods companies, and everybody is very interested in this space right now, whether it be mm-hmm. CBD or THC or some other cannabinoid, uh, you know, mix. But what, what we're seeing is because the lack of sort of federal and FDA regulations around, you know, certainly even CBD, 
Um, a lot of them are just doing some R&D work now in the background. So a lot of companies, we know this, are, are doing work now because they, they see the opportunity and the potential. They mm -hmm. just, the regulations are, are holding them back, especially these big publicly traded companies don't want to run afoul of, of the government. Um, so they're, they're just being very cautious. So I would say, yeah, a lot of like spirits companies or other like juice companies, food companies, mm -hmm. they're all looking at this very, very closely right now. I can, I can tell you that mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Cool. And I think uh, it looks like you help your client, mainly it's a, you're an ingredient company, right? Like you're more of a, uh, so sales and marketing is not really your sort of a problem in one way. It's a client's uh, yeah. lack of execution or whatever it is. Like if the product doesn't work, sometimes it's really the marketing and sales as well, right? Uh, yeah. But from, from your technical side, you, you delivered a great product, which obviously passed the test and so on, right? What kind of tips still would you want to give on, on entrepreneurs who are, let's say, you know, if I want to develop a cannabis uh, brand, you know, what kind of 10 questions do you think I should ask myself that is there a market, is this a price, is the, you know, the, the ingredients are uh, a growing category or a flavor, you know, any, any tips you can give to entrepreneurs on what right questions they should ask before starting? Yeah, I mean, the cannabis space right now is is very interesting. It's a it's a patchwork. So it's there's a lot of different angles and opportunities, I think that, that folks can explore. As you mentioned, like we have a kind of a, a B2B framework for our, our business right now. And we mm -hmm. see this opportunity to, to provide these functional ingredients. But there's so many areas in terms of, you know, you mentioned beverages, like a lot of folks are, are bullish on beverages, but you know, thinking about distribution and who will put those on the shelf and all those kinds of things. So it's it's definitely um, complicated space right now. So there's there's a lot out there that folks need to consider. I think looking at this this cannabis space it has a lot of potential. Got it's it. just a lot of a lot of barriers as well. And just trying to understand, have has control label or private label game started in this as well? Like Target wants to do something, and have they, you know, trying to or, or legally, it's also like a three tier system sort of thing. I don't know how it's exactly placed, yeah. but. Yeah, no, not right now. There's no, there's no three tiers um, right the now. The target can own a cultivation, for example, if, if they want. If they wanted to, again, it's more like a lot of those publicly traded companies do not want to uh, to get involved there. But mm. theoretically, yes, if, if they were uh, comfortable with that risk, then they could technically, yes, do cultivation or extraction. So it's so are our big retailers not approaching um, uh, to you, you know, and to develop and playing or you know uh, trying to eliminate the middle. Uh, some, some, some brands, we work mostly with brands, um, okay. not much on the retail side, but yeah, some of the brands are, and again, it's their appetite for risk. So you're seeing a lot of small to moderate, you know, moderate sized companies do this again, the big multi, you know, multi-state, um, brands and, and retailers, I think are, again, are being more cautious with it until they can figure out the, the regs, um, from again, the FDA and the, and the federal government on all this. So Again, everybody's looking at it very closely. It's just nobody wants to jump in just just yet. It seems like for the big guys. So Nick, where where is the cost going? You know, it's it's sometimes uh, I don't understand the math. Like it's a small little thing. Let's say a twenty dollars for five cookies or something, right? Well, compared right. to, I mean, just like why is it so expensive in dispensary? Are dispensaries working at five hundred percent or something? Or where what is where is the main chunk going? Is that in taxes? Yeah, I mean, I think the the way that the businesses are operating right now, I mean, it's because of the lack of the federal, um, you know, uh, 
kind of regulation. There's not the same write-offs you can you can do, obviously, on the cannabis side. So something called 280E, which talks about how one can uh, deduct taxes and things like that. So um, just the way because the, the cannabis space operates, you know, outside the feds, then they they can't deduct a lot of those things. So there's there's a bit of that. I think that that there's a higher, much higher tax uh, burden on these companies. But also, too, I think just the opportunity because it's novel and it's especially on THC, it's a psychotic. So people will pay for things that are intoxicating and mm. I think people maybe take advantage of that, too, a bit more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some healthy margins in different parts of the supply chain through through cannabis. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's one thing we're seeing, too, is as to make these, especially, like for example, beverages mainstream. Mm. The, the price points have to come down a lot more too. You know, mm. they're still too expensive to compete with something like, you know, beer, uh, or something much cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what kind of tips would you give brands, you know, who are trying to find suppliers like yourself, right? What kind of checkpoints do, do you think, you know, uh, apart from obviously, you know, the, the, the basic standard ones, but what are the questions that you would ideally want to, them to ask, you know, supply, com companies like you, like ingredients? Yeah, I think, you know, again, this, because the space um, is a bit different and the regulations are, you know, uh, variable. I think just looking at folks that have certainly experience and then that have an eye towards quality and an eye towards science, I think, too, mm -hmm. so that you can sort of trust what what they're making and then they can show you that they're following proper practices. Um, there's a lot of folks that, that see cannabis certainly as maybe a gold rush or there's there's big opportunity True. to make a lot of money in it. And maybe they cut corners or, you know, aren't, aren't truthful sometimes. So I think knowing who you're, you're partnering with in this space, you know, more than other businesses, I would say, is, is very important. And just having that, that trust because, yeah. There's some... what, what made you uh, decide you want to do your own thing now? You know, you, you just have so much experience now. You just want to apply to your thing. I think it's exciting on on this side, especially in the U.S. and where, where things are opening up and you see adult use happening in more and more states now, too. Um, and there's just so much as a scientist, there's so much kind of interesting research that can be done um, yeah. in this now that hasn't been done before because it's been so uh, prohibitive. So, mm -hmm. you know, like before I was doing a lot of research on wine and, and, and alcohol and it was great. And there was a lot, lot to be learned there. But cannabis is is just starting from scratch. We're at the yeah. ground floor here. And I think that's very exciting. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to put some time into this company and really make these things that are really again, data-driven, backed by science, and we can show people that they work. Got it. What's, give us some nice four to five things that, you know, uh, people don't know that you expect to come in the next, you know, few months or years maybe, and, and what's happening in, in the R&D side of cannabis, you know, when it comes to end products. Yeah, I think I think still like kind of, uh, kind of what we're, we're doing here is trying to make these things uh, very efficacious and and repeatable for folks. So making those doses so that they're not very, very high. A lot of times you see these massively high doses for cannabis, mm. beverages especially, and they have a very long onset time and they don't a lot of it aren't they're not that efficacious. And so it's just hard to plan your day around that. Right. So true, I think true really getting that technology, which is what we do, getting that technology honed in to that, have these like, call it micro doses where you can really understand how fast it's going to come on and then how it will leave. And then you can session, session beverages that way, just like you would session a beer or a glass of wine yeah. and, and know if you had enough or know if you'd like more. I think that True. tech is keeps to, keeps being uh, evolved and then things like understanding other cannabinoids obviously thc and cbd get the lion's share of what what people talk about but there's 
hundreds more. And we know very little about them, how they can help with health, how they can help with, you know, different ailments to do more studies on the medical side and, and recreationally too. Maybe there's mixes that help with energy, that help with um, focus, that help with sleep. Um, all of those things are, are very interesting. There's just very little data out there on them. Uh, mm. And so I think I, I'm really interested in in making, you know, combinations of, you know, cannabinoids, maybe terpenes as well, that have, you know, functional um, states associated with them, like, like I just mentioned. So I think that's, that's really exciting too. And I think you're going to see more of that as, as people get more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And while developing, you know, the products, like what, what, what was, you know, some experiences that really, you know, as a scientist were very interesting to you, you were making something and some application you thought was really, you know, uh, came out differently. Any, any stories you have to share? I think, I think mostly on, we, we, you know, I was involved in launching some of the, uh, I think the first canned THC beverage in, in Canada when that went legal um, uh, up there okay. with, with Canopy. And so just learning and seeing how that was like all the different things that you have to watch out for. I mean, uh, we were dosing beverages at two milligrams per 12 ounce. So it's a, you have a very, very small amount. It's not like alcohol where you have 5% or 12% mm -hmm. or much more. You have a very small amount and that's not much to lose. And these cannabinoids, some of them are very sensitive. So if again, and the regulations are very strict. So we had to really get good at formulation and then mm -hmm. processing to put that into say a can and make sure that when that consumer gets it, that that two milligrams is still there so that mm -hmm. they, can, they can enjoy it. Because again, two milligrams is a spec. Like it's very, very small amount and it's, if it's not treated well, it will be lost. It will either break down or something else will happen. So we had to get very good at that. And then we had to learn about things like packaging too. You might've heard a lot of things around, oh, cans and, and THC and, and the cans, you know, scalp some of the THC. So we had to learn and work with folks like ball cans to figure out mm -hmm. what kind of liner inside of a can is the best. So it's just such a new territory. It seems yeah. inher inherently very simple to kind of you know, mix, you know, the THC in and you have a drink, but there's so much more to it than that. And I think that's where we learned a ton and we continue to learn now. And I think that's where the potential lies is if we can just make these beverages that again, provide like a, a pleasurable experience and it's reproducible. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of potential there. What, what, uh, what are some good brands, uh, execution that you've seen lately where you think, you think that, all right, I think they are on the right track and they're nailing it down, you know, like when it comes to perfect product market fit, uh, any examples that come to your mind? Yeah. I mean, see, I'm in New York right now too. We don't have so many of the beverages, uh, you know, certainly on the THC side. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, I think we have, you know, I think, I think, I'm seeing things on a lot of the issues I see with some of the, I guess I'll just mention some of the things I see that are not working is, yeah. is just a lot of uh, beverage, especially on the CBD side, there's a problem with taste. Like a lot of them just don't taste very good, mm -hmm. very bitter. They're very cloudy and the, the flavors are not, are not great. So I think there's still some room to, to grow there, honestly. Uh, um, yeah. But there, there is, there is some good ones out there. Like, you know, like a, for example, approach is, is, mm -hmm. is very, nice and wild is very good too cbd wise um in canada obviously i worked on tweed and, and houseplant brands up there i'm so partial to those on the thc side they have very good effects um so yeah there's but there's there's again there's there's a tremendous opportunity there because i think we're just getting started and you know for the consumer is it still the price or taste is the number one uh, uh decision maker there you know when they're buying stuff and i'm sure for repeat purchase it's a taste but for the first purchase what do you think it is still 
Yeah, I think I think the price still needs to come down on a lot of these these mm. uh, these drinks for sure. I think you know I think people are curious, and when they learn that they will try it once. But again, to your point, if the taste is not there, they won't buy it again. But even if they do like the taste, if they have to spend you know six, seven, eight dollars per one can, you know one well, dose, is that like it's expensive for sure? Certainly in in Canada, like I think that's the prices you're seeing for certain you know single serve uh, beverages. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it can be up there. CBD in the U.S. is is lower, but still maybe three four five dollars sometimes for for a can which is still pretty high so you have to really get that price down and mass produce these things and that's where you need those big corporations to be coming in with their scale and just mm-hmm. be able to really push prices down uh that way and i think you'll, you'll see a lot more folks getting into it because yeah there's there's uh, cbd wise like that that's very you know, calming and there's a lot of good properties there and then recreationally with thc if done well, is very good. And I would say, you know, too, I think something that challenges beverage alcohol at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Constellation was looking at it when they got into mm-hmm. it. You and a lot of other big, uh, you know, BevElk companies are, are looking at that. Yeah. Sure. Great. Anything else, uh, Nick, you would want to add, you know, just for, for other colleagues like yourself, you know, who are into product development, any tips on on what they can play with, what's going on, maybe any tips for those people, yeah. science, science, officers? Just, yeah, I think just test. I mean, testing, 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 I think is the main thing. Like when you have something, um, especially, you know, on, on the cannabinoid side is, is you're dealing with a very small amount of something in a very large container. And those things are, you know, are not bulletproof. So you just need to make sure you're always making them well and that you're testing to make sure that, you know, what you put in that can is actually surviving all the way to the customer so that they have, they have those beneficial effects. But yeah, I think that's that's my main kind of, you know, takeaway. Just one question that came to my mind is, you know, for example, when you are in pharma sales or let's say a paint business or any other business where sort of you are you are selling to the quality control person instead of like a, a you know, like a CEO or a owner, because it's it's a technical decision, what I'm trying to say, right? So uh, I can imagine that when you're pitching to a big chain, you know, I think maybe uh, someone like you on the side, it, it's a better idea because then they would want to know the technical and they would want that assurance from quality control and all that stuff, right? So is that, have you seen those kind of things happening where it's more of a technical decision than a sales decision? Yes, 100%. So for what we do, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of the folks that we target in our business are, again, the R&D scientists, developers, absolutely, because they're the ones that get this and, yeah. and understand the benefit of it. Whereas sometimes you know, other, other folks in other, other areas, uh, just, so you, you would know. be talking to like, if it was in constellation, let's say you would be talking to their, uh, product development or scientific yeah. officer and sort of, you know, in, in yeah. the whole cycle. Exactly. Or like a winemaker or somebody that's doing the actual, you know, if that was happening, but yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way in. And then obviously communicating the benefits, to the rest of that team, but yeah, like the day to day would be more with that technical person typically. And even the whole supply chain I'm imagining would work like that. If you're looking for any ingredient for yourself, you would be again, t- talking to the technical person uh, back there. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. That's what we would start with and then, and then work it from there. Yeah. 100%. Cool. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Nick? Uh, I know we're meeting soon, but appreciate, you know, everything. Yeah. Uh, I think Thank you're, you. you know, we're, we're, you're coming to San Francisco, right? And both, both the cities. Super. So uh, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. Oh, just SF. Okay. Yes, yes, Super. Yes. So uh, see you soon then. Uh, but apart from that, anything else you would want to add about your company or anything you would I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's mainly it. I think, again, I appreciate the time said really looking forward to the conference uh, next week. And obviously uh, I'd love folks to, you know, go to strona.com, you know, and check us mm-hmm. out and 
again, like, you know, we're all about science, data, integrity, and, and just efficacy at the end of the day with what we do. So yeah, check us out and reach out. And yeah, again, thanks so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. So we'll touch base soon in person now. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, Nick.